This episode, we're going to be talking about infrared spectroscopy and how it's used for both measuring anesthetic vapors and carbon dioxide. We'll also cover capnography equipment and common errors that can occur when using it. So let's start with some basic principles. Molecules are made up of atoms joined together by chemical bonds. You can imagine these bonds acting like tiny little springs holding the different atoms together. Each different element has atoms of different masses. This mass affects how easily they can be made to move or vibrate. Heavier atoms are harder to move, and lighter atoms are easier. So molecules that are made up of dissimilar atoms have bonds that are stuck between two objects that move in dissimilar ways. This means that the bonds tend to oscillate. They rock back and forth, stretch and contract, and generally wiggle about. You can think of them like the bobblehead figurines on a car's dashboard. Bonds that oscillate like this are able to absorb infrared light and use that energy to vibrate more. This is why only molecules that are made up of dissimilar atoms are able to absorb infrared light. So oxygen, which is made up of two oxygen atoms, does not absorb infrared. But nitrous oxide, which is composed of nitrogen and oxygen, does. Furthermore, the wavelength of infrared light absorbed is dependent on the atoms either side of a bond. It's also dependent on what else those atoms are attached to. So each chemical has its own unique infrared signature that can be used to identify it. This is called its absorption spectrum. In anaesthetic gas analyzers, such as those found on our monitoring equipment, we use the absorption of infrared to determine the concentration of different gas components. To do this, we use the Beer-Lambert law. This is comprised of two individual physical laws. Beer's law states that the amount of radiation absorbed by a substance is directly proportional to its concentration. And Lambert's law states that the amount of radiation absorbed by a fixed concentration of a substance is proportional to the distance that the radiation has to travel through. So, in this case, the width of the sample chamber that we're using. A gas analyzer will shine infrared light at different wavelengths through a sample chamber containing a gas mixture. The amount of light that is absorbed is calculated for each wavelength, and this can be used to determine the relative concentrations of each component. So, let's just quickly go over a few key numbers and wavelengths that you might need to know. Carbon dioxide absorbs infrared light best at a wavelength of 4.3 micrometers. Nitrous oxide absorbs infrared best at 4.6 micrometers. And volatile agents absorb infrared over a broad range due to their many bonds. But there's a general peak at the 8 to 10 micrometer range. They also have smaller peaks in the 3 to 4 micrometer range. As you may have noticed, the absorption peaks of carbon dioxide and nitrous oxide are very close to each other. Indeed, their absorption spectra overlap significantly. This can lead to errors in capnography if nitrous is being used. Even some of the inhaled anaesthetic agents could technically interfere with capnography, including desflurane, which has a significant peak at the 3 to 4 micrometer range. Most modern machines have mechanisms to compensate for these changes, though. Another effect that needs to be accounted for is a phenomenon called collision broadening. This is where interactions between different molecules in a gas mixture actually change their absorption characteristics. Generally speaking, collision broadening results in a broader absorption spectrum, and the peak of this can be shifted one way or the other. 
This effect also happens when carbon dioxide and nitrous are mixed together. So modern machines must also take into account the nitrous oxide concentration when calculating the concentration of carbon dioxide. So now that we've got some of the basic science out of the way, let's talk about some of the specifics about the equipment that can be used. We'll focus on capnography, as this is used in most settings. There are two main types of capnography equipment, mainstream analyzers and sidestream analyzers. A mainstream analyzer is inserted into the breathing circuit close to the patient. It has a specific section of tubing that has to be used and a sensor that clips to this. The tubing has sides that are made up of sapphire, not glass, as glass absorbs infrared light. The sensor shines infrared light across the tubing and you're able to get real-time capnography with almost no lag. Old models of this were extremely bulky, quite fragile, and tended to overheat with prolonged use. There is also a concern about increasing the dead space in a circuit, but it's accepted that this is only really important in the pediatric population or patients with extremely small lung volumes. Mainstream analyzers tend to be used more in the intensive care setting and in some recovery departments. Their bulk still makes them less suitable for use in theatre. More recently, various companies have made portable mainstream analyzers, such as the Emma Capnograph. These are used in the resuscitation setting when intubating patients outside of theatres. Sidestream analyzers have their sample chamber and sensor on the anesthetic machine or in a separate monitoring block. They use an extremely fine bore sample tubing that's attached to the circuit to transfer exhaled gases to the sensor. This sample tubing attaches easily to special adapters and to most HMEs via a special port. This significantly decreases the bulk at the patient end and adds almost no dead space. These analyzers produce a small negative pressure in the sample chamber that sucks in gases at a rate of about 150 to 200 mils per minute. These gases can then be returned to the circuit after being analyzed. The main disadvantage of these devices is lag time. This is the time between the gases being exhaled and the sensor detecting them. This lag time increases with the length of sample tubing that you're using. Sidestream analyzers are also more susceptible to condensation as gases cool along the sample tubing. They generally incorporate water traps to overcome this issue, but sometimes the sample lines do get blocked and need to be replaced. Sidestream analyzers can also measure multiple different gases simultaneously, including inhaled agents. They are generally used in the theatre setting and are incorporated into many of the newer anaesthetic machines to allow them to control the delivery of anaesthetic agents themselves. Well, that's pretty much it for this episode. Today you've learned about why some molecules absorb infrared light and how we can use this in anaesthetics to measure gas concentrations. You've learned about the Beer-Lambert law and some of the different ways infrared spectroscopy can lead to errors in measurement. Finally, you've heard about the different types of capnography analyzers and their relative pros and cons. Thanks so much for listening. If you've liked this episode, please feel free to subscribe through your podcast player of choice. You can also find all of these episodes online at planaprimary.co.uk. Remember, this entire series is going to be published absolutely free, so please share this with anyone who you think might find it useful. If you've got any questions, feedback, or just want to request a topic, feel free to email me at questions at planaprimary.co.uk or you can leave a comment by this episode online.